Welcome to Kishwaukee Bible Church. More than ever before. And that we would walk with you closer and that we would reflect more clearly in our lives today who we are in Jesus. Because of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I don't know how many of you have gotten out yet, but Catherine and I and the kids have been enjoying our first pumpkin fest, despite the temperatures. Was anybody out yesterday? We made it to one of the marquee events. We made it to go see Ishvan and his, his imaginary band. It was one of the marquee events. We began with just us on the curb watching him on Samanac Avenue, Samanac Street, just us on the curb. So Evan and I started joking that we were at this Ishvan and his imaginary audience <laughs> concert. But it was fun. We had a lot of, time, a lot of fun. But I've got to say that my favorite part of Pumpkin Fest so far has not been Ishvan and his imaginary band or audience or whatever it was. My favorite part of Pumpkin Fest has been the costumes. It was trick-or-treating on Wednesday. Some of us, many of you helped at that. We were handing out candy in front of our offices right on State Street, and it was a great time watching all these kids, a flood of kids, come up in their costumes, one after another after another, and I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed even the costumes that our people wore. Jim McNichol, who's not here this morning, he's down at the office prepping for this afternoon, was wearing a Lego mask that was priceless. Jim makes a very good Lego. But my favorite, I think, of any of the costumes this week that I saw were the superheroes. Uh, Were there any kids who dressed up or are going to dress up as a superhero? Anybody? No? No? These were my favorite this year. The superheroes wandering down the street. But it didn't take long to pick out from the crowd of superheroes those who were putting on the costume but not fitting what they were wearing. They weren't playing the part. You'd see, for instance, more than one Batman coming down the street sucking their thumb. Or Superman begging their dad that they could be carried. Or you would see Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman walking down, beginning to fuss because they didn't get enough candy. My favorite of all was the Spider-Man who was making their way to our table. And he actually tripped on the sidewalk and spilled their candy all over before they made it to the table. But this was a pathetic picture. This was a pathetic picture. Spider-Man tripping on the sidewalk. Batman sucking his thumb. Superman begging daddy to be carried. Or Wonder Woman whining about not having enough candy. This was a pathetic picture. Went right hand in hand with all the little princesses with their knots coming out of their nose, this was not a good thing. But how much more in the Christian life, 
for those of us who put on, in a sense, Christ, but don't play the part. As we come to this table this morning and remember what Christ did on our behalf on Reformation Sunday, when we thank God and remember all that God did for us and reminding us that this is more about Him than about what we do for Him than what He does for us. When we come to this table, we're going to be reflecting, though, not only on what Christ did for us, but how we're to reflect that in our own lives. I've actually invited some of our kids who are here with us today. They're going to come up and they're going to help me read through our passage. We're going to break it down into a few different pits. And the first one to come up is Rebecca Shulgren's going to come up. She's going to read for us our first section from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 20. So come here, Rebecca. I'll hold the mic for you. You want me to hold your Bible? Are you good? You'll see if you can find it again. That's right. I know where it is. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 20. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Thanks, Rebecca. This is sort of where I want to start today in preparation for our taking first the bread that represents Christ's body broken for us. Paul says that the way we walk matters. The way we walk matters, not just who we are if we've trusted in Christ and become a child of God, but that the way we walk matters because the way we walk reflects who we are. And that if we walk like everyone else in this world walks, it raises a big question as to whether we are who we think we are or whether we've really trusted in Jesus. The way we walk matters. Because Paul says, this world walks in the futility of their minds. They're aimed at nothing bigger than themselves. And it's leading them to nowhere. That's what futility means. It's leading to nowhere. They walk darkened in their understanding. They can't even see where they're going. Last night, our little Eden woke up and has been waking up regularly in the dark. We've been closing the blinds, closing the door, the blinds so the light stays out, the door so the heat stays in. She wakes up in the dark just screaming because she can't find her way to the door because she wants to come in our bed. This is what Paul says. The world is darkened in their understanding, darkened in their understanding that they are dead also. They are living apart from the life of God. They're as good as zombies. Now, who's seen zombies? Have you seen zombies among Emmett and I? have seen a couple of zombies. You've seen them walking around these days? Yeah, they're going to come to your house on Tuesday. It says the world is good as zombies walking around dead, dead, dead because of their ignorance, because they don't know any better. And because, Paul says, of their hardness of heart, they don't want to know any better. 
This is the way the world walks. Why? Because they only care about themselves. You and I were there. We started there. And it's only by grace if we're not there anymore. But they care only about themselves. That's what Paul means when he says that they've given themselves up to every sensuality and are greedy to practice every kind of impurity. The world cares only about itself. But Paul's point is that they don't know any better. You and I, if we know Jesus, we know better. We know what life apart from Jesus is like. We know what it's like to live for ourselves and that living for ourselves is no good. My living for myself isn't good for you and your living for yourself isn't good for me. That this, all this gets us in this world is a life apart from one another and a life apart from the one we were made for. Paul says, this isn't the way, though, that you learned Christ. Even if you slip back into it, this isn't the way that you learned Christ. This isn't how you got to know him or how your relationship with him was restored. Because Christ didn't care only for himself. He was a king who cared about us so that we can care about one another. Paul says, the way you walk matters. And so today, as we come to this table, I want us to see in this table both comfort and conviction. Comfort that God has done the work, that Jesus has done what only Jesus can. But also conviction that the way you walk matters. And so we take this as a renewal. That's what this feast is. Do you know that, kids? This isn't the first feast that God's people ever had. All throughout the history of God's people, God had these meals set up through the history of his, of his people to renew their relationship with him, to come back to the table, to come back under God, to remember what God's done, and to live that out better than ever before. So I'm going to invite those serving us today to come forward as they do. I want you to take the bread, and if you've known Jesus, take the bread and hold it so we can take it together. We're going to sing first and then celebrate together. Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come into thy freedom, gladness, and light. Jesus, I come to thee. Out of my sickness, into thy health, out of my wanting, and into thy wealth. Out of my sin and into thyself, Jesus, I come to thee. Jesus, I come to thee. 
And out of my shameful failure and loss, Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come into the glorious gain of thy cross. Jesus, I come to thee. Out of earth's sorrows into thy balm, out of life's storms and into thy calm, out of distress into jubilant song, Jesus, I come to thee. Out of unrest and out of unrest and arrogant pride Jesus I come Jesus I come into thy blessed will to abide Jesus I come to thee and out of myself to dwell in thy love out of despair into raptures above upward forever on wings like a dove jesus i come to thee and out of the fear and dread of the tomb jesus i come jesus i come into the joy and light of thy home, Jesus, I come to thee. Out of the depths of ruin untold, into the peace of thy shelter bring forth, ever thy glorious face to behold, Jesus, I come to thee. Yes, Jesus, I come to thee. Jesus, I come to thee. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And after giving thanks said, this is my body broken for you. So remember how you learned Christ as you do this in remembrance of him. Let me invite then Blessing Eshbach up. She's going to come and help me read the next part of our passage from Ephesians 4. She's going to read from verses 20 to 24. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming they have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, as corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, 20-24. Thanks, Blessing. Well, it's an appropriate passage, if you heard that, for today. If you could pick up on Paul's imagery, that he's not only talking about what we have in Christ, but he uses his imagery, right, to put off one set of clothes and to put on another set. Remember, walking, how you walk matters because how you live reflects who you are. It ought to do that. Paul says this, uses this imagery to 
to, 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 to push that image forward, to put off one set of clothes and to put on another. Now, I've always thought, you know, thinking back about these superheroes or even the princesses, I always thought one of the most visible signs that you are not who you are dressed up to be was when a kid would show up at your door or even on Wednesday would show up at our table. When you'd show up at somebody's door and you had put on your costume, but you hadn't before taken off your other clothes. You, you know this image of a kid showing up, bulky? It's even worse when it's cold outside, right? I, I remember this as a kid. I, had a, <clears throat> I was a superhero once. I remember going trick-or-treating in the almost freezing weather of New York in some late October day. I remember going trick-or-treating and my mother saying, wear your coat. But how do you wear a coat with a superhero outfit? You can't wear the superhero outfit underneath it. That doesn't make sense. Then no one knows you're a superhero. So in my bright mind, I wore it on the outside of my coat. Which just proved the point that I wasn't who I was dressed up to be. I looked like the Michelin man <laughs> showing up in a spandex suit. It was terrible. Asking for one more Twix. It's a terrible image. This is what Paul says. It matters how you walk. It matters how you walk. And that's not how you learn Christ, slipping back into the ways of the world, to how the world thinks of only caring for itself. When you slip back there, that's not how you learn Christ. That's not what Jesus did. And that's not how you learn to follow him. It matters how you walk to put off the old self and to be renewed in your mind. To know, to know that that's not, that it's all futility, that it's darkened in its understanding, that it's following a path that leads to nowhere. And then to put on the new self, created after the image of God. Created after the image of God. So as we come to the cup and we're going to celebrate again, we're going to remember again what Jesus did. We do it with both comfort and conviction. I'm going to invite those again who are serving us to come and pass out the cup. And if you've known Jesus, to once again remember what Jesus did for us and what we're called to do for him. To see the dawn of the darkest day, Christ on the road to Calvary, tried by sinful men, torn and beaten men, nailed to a cross of wood. This the power of the cross, Christ became sin for us. 
betrayed he took a cup he poured it out he said this is the blood of a new covenant a new way of relating to god take and drink in remembrance of him paul would say that as often as we drink this cup eat this bread we 
proclaim through it the Lord's death until he comes. Maybe seated. Let me close our time by having Madeline Hansen and Emmett come up. They're going to finish out our passage for us. They're going to read from verse 25 all the way to chapter 5, verse 2. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members, one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. We practiced if Emmett was going to leave his paper at home. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as guide and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul says over and over and over again, It matters how you walk. It matters how you walk. And this table here is to be remembered not only as we take the bread and take the cup, but as we remember it and proclaim the death of Jesus in how we live. Because how you live ought to reflect who you are. He lays out a number of ways that ought to be the case in this passage. Seven of them, actually, if you group them in a certain way, um, as some scholars like to do. Seven of them, like he likes that number. But I want to focus on one of them. He summarizes the entirety of this passage, the entirety of how you ought to walk as you reflect who you are in the last little bit, that first bit of chapter 5. Look at that with me. He says that in Christ we are to be imitators of God. You see that there? Therefore, be imitators of God. That in Christ, that in Christ, all that went wrong from the very beginning of this world's history. When we all walked away from God and have done so since, that in Christ, that is undone. That in Christ, we are remade. So that imitating God, being made in the image of God once marred, is remade once more. That it's possible like it has never been possible since the beginning of our world. Therefore, be imitators of God. 
And the heart of that, he says, he says the heart of that is that we would walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrifice to God. If you want to know what it means to not only put on the costume, but to play the part, by not only putting on the clothes on the outside, but taking on the character, Paul says, it is to love others like Christ loved us because Christ loved us. He says that's what it means to speak the truth with one another. That's what it means. It's to love. It's to be angry but not sin and to not let the sun go down on your anger. It's to love, to no longer steal because that makes no sense for those who know Jesus. Because God, a God who has provided not only for our needs today, but has provided for our needs, our greatest need in our tomorrow, makes no sense for those who know Jesus to steal, but rather work that you might be able to share with one in need. To love, it's to love. He says to not tear down with our words, but instead to build up, it's to love. To put away, as he says, all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malik, malice. But rather, to love, to be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Because this isn't just about putting on a costume. It's not just about putting on some plaything. It's about putting on Jesus and not only putting on the clothes, but playing the part and taking in yourself the character of Christ. There's a lot of comfort in that. There's a lot of comfort. But there's also a lot of conviction because it looks really silly for a kid to go wandering around in his Superman outfit or his Batman outfit or his Spider-Man outfit but be tripping on the sidewalk or begging for daddy to carry them or whining that he doesn't have enough candy or a princess running around with stuff hanging out of their nose. But what a picture, how much worse a picture for those who supposedly know Jesus but don't walk like they do. A lot of comfort in what we celebrated today, that this is about Christ and what Christ has done. But a lot of conviction because I know for me this week that I haven't walked. I haven't walked like who I am. I haven't lived out who I am in Christ. So as we celebrate, it's a renewal. That's what this is. Just one more meal, the climactic meal of God's people to celebrate what God has done as a reminder of what we're to do as well. Let me pray in that regard.
Heavenly Father, today we eat this bread, we drink this cup. And I ask that we wouldn't just remember what Christ did for us, but in remembering that, it would serve as a reminder of what we've been left to do for Him. That in it, this morning and how we live for the remainder of this week and the remainder of our days, that we would proclaim in this feast, but no less in how we live, the death of Christ until he comes. I pray that we would do it as we remember what you've done for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's stand. Let's sing of all that God has done for us as his church. To God be the glory. Look what God has done. He redeemed us with his blood. We were lost and dead in sin. He came for us And look what God has done He adopted us with love We were orphans without hope Now His children And who are we that He would save us Who are we that He would send us To God be glory Through Christ our Savior's church And through all generations To God be glory Through Christ our Savior's word Forever and ever Let's sing And look what God has done Through his sacrifice we're one Sinners unified by grace Bound together Amen Oh look what God has done By his spirit through his son By the power of his hands He is sending Yet who are we that he would save us Who are we that he would send us to God be glory through Christ our Savior's church and through all generations to God be glory through Christ our Savior's word oh forever and ever lift your hands and See his great compassion, see his mercy for us. Raise your voice and thank him. And see the church he's building, see the lost he's saving. Let's look to Christ. So look at Jesus Christ. He redeems his precious bride by his costly sacrifice. We're invited, 
see the wisdom of his ways in the mystery of grace every age and every race we're united who are we who are we that he would save us who are we that he would send us to god be glory through Christ our Savior's church, through all generations, to God be glory, through Christ our Savior's word, oh forever and lift your hands, lift your hands and praise him, see his great compassion. See his mercy for us. Raise your voice and thank him. And see the church he's building. See the lost he's saving. It matters how you walk. And this isn't just about putting on the costume. It's about playing the part. And living in character. And I pray that this week, especially as more superheroes than should be run around your neighborhood, I pray that you'd remember who you are in Jesus and that you'd live that out for him. Thank you for joining us. For more information about our church, please visit our church's website at kishbible.org. That's K-I-S-H Bible dot O-R-G.